Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. It's Mike and Allison are in Madison and Wendy, where are you by the love of God? I'm in Livermore, California, where it's Ooh. beautiful. It's 90 degrees outside and sunny every day. No rain. Just California sunshine all day long. Think, that sounds isn't fine. that where they have that big laser at the university? You should check it out. The, big, the what? They have some kind of big laser there at Livermore, Lawrence oh. Livermore University. That sounds fun. Yes. Go check it out. It's for space wars. Perhaps I'll have to do some exploring before I leave tomorrow. So yes, you're gonna have to find you're gonna have to find the laser because it's blowing up a satellite as we speak. <laughs> it should be easy to find. You would think, you know, huge laser like that, space weapon. Wait till it's dark out and then just look for the laser. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> but yeah, I'm in California. I'm in anti heaven visiting my nieces and my brother and his wife. So that's a happy place to be. And I just ran a half marathon yesterday here. Yay! Woo-hoo. Well, actually not here, but in Oakland. So that was fun. And Oakland is about 30 degrees cooler than Livermore. So that was... Because it's closer to the closer to the ocean? The bay. It's the bay effect. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was absolutely perfect for running. So okay. it was quite enjoyable. All right. So you had your own Olympics in Basically, Livermore. yeah. <laughs> and I saw on Facebook, so you won the race. I won the race. Yeah, no, it looked like <laughs> you made it to the end, and yet you, you know you looked happy and everything. And, and there so was you the won. Chariots of Fire theme. There was, and she won the California Half Marathon yesterday. I was really Yay. proud. I did. I did. No, I didn't win. <laughs> I did earn a medal, so that was good. Okay. So I felt like an Olympian because you know I had a big hunk of metal that I had hanging around my neck, so that was cool. And this is your third half marathon, too. Yes, it is, indeed. So I've now okay. completed the Golden State Half Series. I've done all three in this like series of half marathons. So I got a special medal for that. So now I'm, now I'm done with half marathons forever. Just moving, just moving on to full marathon. <laughs> now that you've done the trifecta of the California, now you're going to become the marathon champion a- of <laughs> Milwaukee. Well, if by champion you mean attempter, yes. I, well, I think if you finish a marathon, you're a champion. And if you, so, uh, well, I sure I hope I do it then. In that I case, I think you're going to be a champion. I want to be a champion. Yes, I'll try. So hard. that's fun. So Wendy's working on her physical fitness. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And we're going to be talking about spiritual fitness today. Oh, aren't we? yeah. <laughs> How's everything that's back in Wisconsin? Good. Last time I was there, we were playing at the state fair, and I was a glutton. I ate so much of the state fair food that I had a stomach ache for like a day afterwards. It was pretty horrible <laughs> yeah i felt pretty disgusting i thought thursday after like we had an extra piece of pizza on the way out too as, as ben and i our guitar our guitar player wendy was was with her sister and so ben and i were coming back to madison and as we were on the way out ben's like we probably should get an extra piece of pizza and i'm like yeah you're right well you did better than me because uh someone handed us a dozen coupons for free cream puffs so I went back to the well, so to speak, and had not nice. one but two cream puffs, which in and of itself is enough to hurt a person. <laughs> yes. But on top of the other stuff, it was like a, a one-two punch. Allison, did you eat like a glutton this week at all? Um, Did I? Well, I do love pizza. 
Okay. I, I can't. I cannot deny that. Any other the deadly sins that you engage in? <laughs> Gluttony. Um, sometimes, yes, I will eat a whole pizza. Yeah. And, and as I've found through my research into <laughs> local possessions, that can be enough for the devil to possess <laughs> you. Is you know living in sin like I do with pizza. Well, sometimes when I when I do the deadly sin of gluttony, uh, it does feel like the devil possesses me. <laughs> yes. Well, thank goodness we're and in there a are... judgment-free zone here on see you on the other side. And, <laughs> That's and right. the, the sulfur smell accompany those times, Mike. <laughs> it, it certainly see does. Further evidence of demonic possession. The sulfur smell. You know that was the song we wrote last week for our, converse, <laughs> for our, our conversation with Mary Marshall. It was, was called, called the sulfur smell. <laughs> No, it was just it was just called sulfur. Somebody light a match. <laughs> light a match. So, okay, State Fair was a lot of fun. Allison's having fun. Wendy ran a half marathon like a true athlete, uh, and I laid around most of the weekend. But now, uh, we're moving on to talk about something near and dear to our hearts that we have not confronted yet, and that's exorcism. That's right. We have talked about old scratch some on the podcast. Oh man, there's yeah. been plenty of devil. Yeah, we've we've <laughs> definitely not. touched on it. We've touched on exorcism in a number of episodes, but we've never done like a full blown exorcism episode. Yes. We're going to delve in deep today to uh, an right. e- uh, uh, an exorcism that happened not very far away from where we are right now. Isn't that correct? Right. So um, I'm preparing for my conference presentation for the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. Um, my presentation actually kicks it off on uh, Saturday, October 15th. Yay! I'm yeah, so yeah. excited for that. Kicking yeah. off the Milwaukee Paranormal yeah. Conference. So it's uh, Milwaukee 40 on a 2. Okay. And my research has taken a decidedly devilish turn. <laughs> you know, I did not think that there would be so much stuff. It's like it's taking over the presentation. You know, certainly I'm presenting on other things as well. It's all, all manner of Fordiana. But um, I was just shocked when I started... When I started down this rabbit hole, I didn't realize how deep it was. Oh, yeah. Well, I, when you go with the devil, you go deep. Yeah, so I am so surprised by how much material I've found locally regarding possession and exorcism. Yeah. I had no idea. And I even found that... Um, the so Wisconsin, we're talking yeah, about Yes, we're here. talking about so Wisconsin. So Wisconsin is like an exorcism hotbed, would you say? I would say so. That, oh, <laughs> I was man. like, what? I Who had knew? No Land idea. of cheese. I yeah. had no idea. And even the Roman ritual, mm-hmm. which is the text that uh, the exorcists use, yeah. uh, it is full of prescribed prayers for exorcisms. Well, of course, you know, when a person is exorcised, you know, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Right. Um, so you, you, know, can, you can, instead of saying the power of Christ compels you, you can say <laughs> other things like, Go with God, or JC's on your side, or <laughs> well, whatever is going to make sense for the person is personalized to um, the possessed. But like um, slap five. With the Roman Josh. ritual is a resource that you use, which has some prescribed uh, prayers, which are always used, which are standard. Are there? Are there any of the standard prayers, like the Hail Marys in there or anything? Well, or I, haven't read, I haven't read the Roman ritual yet, okay. but, I, but I will as, as part of uh, my conference uh, preparation. You know, I, ga- I gave you that as a book. No, no, you didn't. I gave you a you, book you, you, on you exorcism me, uh, by Father Malachi hostage Martin. Hostage to the devil. Yes. And by, the ro- but, it, but the whole ritual isn't in there. It's a, it's a big book. But the actually. Roman ritual is in there. 
I don't think the whole thing is in there. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to compare that so, with what's at the Milwaukee Public yeah, Library. Okay. Wendy, you remember Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell, don't you? Remember Art well, Bell? Of course. Okay. Now, there's this guy that used to be on Art Bell. I got I to gotta say, this is why you love uh, we love uh, exorcisms. And, and you know why? I, I didn't even think it was a real thing after the movie and stuff. But Art Bell used to have a guy named Malachi Martin, Father yes. Malachi Martin. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy that said that the devil's everywhere. We got to right. exercise. Everyone. And it, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> yes. he was just like, watch out for the devil. And he was the prototypical uh like priest afraid of the devil and heavy metal and right. he would see Satan everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and he wrote this book called Hostage to the Devil, which you gave me as a Christmas present one year. Oh, what a nice <laughs> secret Santa. Yeah, when, when we open our Christmas presents, you see some weird things. That's right. But anyway, getting back to the Roman ritual, I did not realize that the first comprehensive English translation was actually published in Milwaukee. What? Okay, so the, yeah. the first so, the first translation of the Roman ritual published in English was published right in Cream City, <laughs> that's right. Town, USA. I mean, that just really Milwaukee. shocked me. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, one of the exorcisms that I've been researching. There are many, many more that I was really surprised to find. Um, but I'm just going to okay. talk about the first one that I found, which, hey, there may be earlier ones because, the, you know, Wisconsin became a state in 1848. But the first one I could find was about um, 1870. Okay. And the possessed was named Carl Siege. Carl. From Watertown, Wisconsin. So Watertown is about, I would say, a half an hour from where we are right now. Now, this is one rare case where we actually know the name of the possessed. Um, okay. It's it's usually kept pretty secret, but I think what happened is uh, Carl Siege, you know, just had all these maladies that he was seeking relief from, and he didn't that's go a, to... That's a pretty tough name, too. Yeah. Well, he's under siege Carl, by the devil. Carl Siege. That's he's like under a, siege by the devil, of no. course. So um, he went... He didn't go to the Catholic Church first. He went to other people to try to get relief. And then from from that, I mean, the Catholics take it seriously. If you tell them you believe you're possessed, they don't go public with it. In fact, they you know keep it under wraps. They keep it confidential. So yeah, well, we know the Catholic Church is really good at keeping yeah. things confidential. If we've seen that Spotlight movie, <sighs> all right. Well, but but people the, don't want it to be known. They don't want everyone to run from them. Like they want to still absolutely. be able to have friends and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's important in this case to keep it confidential. But, you know, that makes the research that I'm doing a little bit more challenging. But with Carl Siege, his name was, was let out in several uh, newspaper articles starting in uh, 1868. Now, his actual exorcism through the Catholic Church didn't start till later. So in 1868, the first news story that, that came forward about the teenager, Carl Siege, who was about 18 years old, okay, uh, then is that he had these digestive troubles and Uh-oh. it was he it had was, too much to eat at the state fair it was found that he had a, a lizard in his stomach what what yes or at least the, that that well, was that reported definitely cause a stomach ache that yeah which, where do you even find a lizard around which here? just you know reminds me of of you know so many um horror movies you know the idea that you are infested by some kind of uh, unclean creatures which which falls right in line with the whole idea of being possessed yeah it does well so, a lizard when you think about satan as i often do right <laughs> um you're always thinking about the fact that satan was first represented by the snake 
tempting Eve That's right. in the Garden of Eden. So it makes sense that Carl's going to have a lizard in his belly. Right. Not a ton of sense, but it makes some <laughs> sense. And then in 1869, it was reported that there was a First Nations uh, doctor. He's actually from the Stockbridge tribe, and his name was Dr. Quinney, and he tried to cure Carl. Um, Wait, hold on a second. I know yes. First First Nations, so he's a Native American. Yes. But the thing is, um, Dr. Quinney? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the name. So there was a Dr. Quinney medicine man. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You, you guys, you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. okay yeah, I got it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I know you're a big Jane Seymour fan. Who's not? <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, I believe it was Dr. Quinny. Now I'm gonna go back and check because okay. I, I'm like, you know how uh, TV poisons our minds. It does poison we've, our minds. We've dealt with that in prior episodes. Uh, anyway, so this doctor tried to cure Carl by by putting poultices on him. To draw out the evil. Okay, what's a poultice? Well, it's just like... Um, like Vicks VapoRub. Kind of. Okay. Well, it's like an herbal concoction that you put oh. on a wound and then you bandage it up. And some poultices, you know, you have herbs and you put it on and then it'll draw out poisons. Sure. So, so that's uh, what this doctor did. Like what kind of herbs? Like the, like the well, Kentucky Fried Chicken? We don't know. Okay. It's, a, it's a secret It's a formula. secret like the Colonel's recipe. <laughs> now... Um, so when the poultices were removed, these strange colored fibers emerged from Siege's skin. Whoa. Which, what does that remind you of, Mike? Come on, you talked about Coast to Coast. Oh, I don't know. I, I can't think of it right now. Well, there's this obscure disease called Morgellons. Oh, my God. Yes, have sir. you heard of that? I have heard of it a little bit, but, but why don't you get in depth a little bit because Morgellons is disgusting. Okay, so Morgellons is, Uh-oh. you know, these people are are reporting these strange maladies. And the hallmark of it, though, is that they'll have wounds on their skin, which have some weird fibers coming out of them. It looks like thread is coming out of your skin. Yeah, okay. and Like it's growing out of you. And somebody famous had it too, right? Yeah, Joni Mitchell has reportedly said that she has Morgellons. Okay, so so Carl Seeds, let's sum it up real quick. I mean, Morgellons, Morgellons has been disputed, let's say that. But I was just shocked when I saw that about the multicolored fibers coming out of his skin because right. I was like, oh my God, I'm making connections here. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, interesting. But Carl was having trouble before he came even to the United States? Okay, so yes. So the problem started in, in Germany, his home. and Deutschland. Um, yeah, so what happened was, you know... The, Everything was wonderful on the, his family's farm. And then suddenly his, his little sister found something interesting at the base of a tree. And she picked it up. And she took it out to show her family. And it was a duck egg that had a little pinhole in it. And she was playing with it. And the mother, upon seeing it, immediately said, get rid of that. Get rid of it now. But it, it was too late. So she threw it aside. Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Why would the mother freak out about a duck egg with a pinhole in it? Because to me, I'd be like, hey, look, a duck egg, and some animal stuck its tooth in there before it realized it couldn't break the, you know, or am I using 21st century standards to judge a 19th century probably, uh, yeah, 25-year-old woman? Well, it seemed mysterious. <laughs> okay. And, and we'll, we'll get into what it might have been. Okay. Because a demon talked about it later on during the possession of, of the, during the exorcism. Oh, okay. Oh, and the thing is, it was a duck egg. It wasn't a lizard egg, right? No, it was a duck egg. 
and it had this weird pinhole in it and she was just fascinated with it and mom's like her mom's like get rid of that thing kind of like our mom would be sure <laughs> what are you touching that for sure but if we touched like a cat or something like that our mother would be like <laughs> oh god don't touch that cat Right, exactly. It'll give you feline AIDS. <laughs> so, so anyway, the kid throws it aside, and then the dog immediately snaps it up and eats it. And the dog goes crazy and has to be shot. Oh, man. And the little girl wastes away and dies shortly after. Sad. That's terrible. Now, wow. Carl, I don't think he even touched the egg, but... He, of course, came in contact with his sister, and his yeah. trouble started then. Okay. These weird, like, tremors and seizures, and he, he became crippled on one side of his body, where, you know, oh, that, that, that side, you know, his, his arm and leg barely worked, and they kind of shrunk away. And that was the initial sign that something was wrong. Yeah, I would say something's wrong. Absolutely. And then they moved uh, to Wisconsin to try to get away from that trouble, but it didn't. They weren't able to leave it behind. All right. So they finally went to the Catholic Church in 1870, and the exorcism, the exorcism of Carl Siege was actually approved by uh, the Bishop of Milwaukee at that time, a uh, John Martin Henney, who would later become the Archbishop of Milwaukee, and he was the founder of Marquette University. Oh, that's ex- so. The founder of Marquette University where people make legal decisions and stuff like yep. that, <laughs> believed in exorcism. Yes. Okay, so, just want to get that out there. Right, because you have to get a bishop's approval through the Catholic Church to perform an exorcism. There's okay. certain tests that have to be done to make sure the person is is not under a mental illness to make sure it's really an authentic case of demonic possession. And Carl Siege met those um, four signs of possession, which we'll talk about um, so he, he met the signs. You don't have to have all four signs. You just have to have a couple of them. Okay. So I and want he, you guys. He met to, those criteria. I want you guys to listen close because a lot of people are say like, you know, they'll, they'll say to things like, because Wendy and I are on Twitter all the time and we're talking to people. And Wendy, did you ever get people say to you like, I think I'm possessed? Actually, no, I haven't gotten one of those yet. Okay. I've gotten about six. Wow. Uh, where people <laughs> say like, cow. I think I was possessed or I think I'm possessed or my, my brother. Oh, now I'm going to get him. Yeah. I do, <laughs> I do have a lot of people contact me who believe they're getting messages from the other side or, you know, oh. seeing paranormal things, supernatural things perhaps, but I haven't yet had a, uh, a possession confession. <laughs> okay. Well, I've had, you're, wait for them because now you okay. can, this, this is what you can get. So when somebody comes to you and this is what the Catholics use. The officials of possession, like the, the OG possession people, these are the four signs of possessions. So, Allison, let's give tell us the four signs and let's see how Carl met them. Well, essentially, like I said, you don't have to meet every single one, but essentially, what you're looking for is psychic powers. Okay, so yeah, you're that's lo- what you're looking for in a nutshell, um, or in a duck shell, <laughs> a duck egg shell. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Number one is knowing the unknowable. So uh, right there, um, psychic information, information coming to you uh, in their minds, in the, in the Catholic mind, it's coming to you through the demon. It's not your own mind. Okay. And so Carl did this in several ways. And one of the things was um, he, he was exercised several times. And um, one of the exorcisms, or one of the people, I should say, that exercised him several times was the Father John. Oh, this is a hard name. I don't know if it's Minor because it starts with a G. If the G is silent or Jemine, Jeminer. I think I'm just gonna call him 
I'm just going to call him Father John. No, we're going to call him Father Jeminer. <laughs> call him Father. All right, Father Jeminer. I'm sorry if that's wrong. Because so, his aunt makes some really good syrup. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, so Father God, John. the softballs keep on coming to I know. Jeminer. Um, he was actually a professor at St. Francis Seminary in St. Francis, Wisconsin. Hey, and, I've been there. And he went to uh, exercise Carl Siege and actually wrote about his exorcisms of Carl in his 19, uh, or I'm sorry, 1886 book called Spirits of Darkness. Oh man, I want to read that book. Yeah, it's really a great book. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so what he found is that when he went to, to go meet Carl, it, it was planned, but um, Carl hadn't been given advance notice as to who was coming and um, when they were coming and travel plans changed as they often do. And um, but especially upon, when you're it's like horse and buggy yeah, and stuff like right, that. Too. Absolutely. Like these guys just couldn't jump in yeah. like the Corolla and come it's over. It's the 1800s. <laughs> and um, so Father uh, Jeminer and another exorcist, uh, another priest were were meeting near Carl's home. And then all, they had just both arrived. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Sure, and so then it's here, late for a priest. Here comes Carl down the street. And he's like, oh. Now, did Carl still have that problem with his arms shriveling and yeah. things like that? Okay. So he's not like he's running at him or no. anything like that. Because Carl's not much of an athlete like Wendy. No, he's just, ha, 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 just kind of one. shambling down the street. Okay. Like that inescapable zombie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so Carl Siege is shambling <laughs> That's towards right. Father Jeminer and Father Jeminer's aunt. Well, this other exorcist. Oh, okay, okay, right. <laughs> anyway, so um, he gets there and he says that the demon, the one inside me, as he referred to him, the one inside me was upset that you guys were coming and told me when you'd be here. Okay, so he, I mean, he met them before. Yeah, and he were... lived uh, like a mile and a half away from where they were. Oh, so and they, to, they're like, just leave. arriving late at 10 o'clock at night. He's in the dark comes ambling down the street Weird. or not ambling sham sh- shambling Sham- Priest. <laughs> and uh and he was like i knew you you would be here and so that's that's one example of knowing the unknowable uh, okay that's that's the first sign of right. possession okay he, so carl met that one so number two is speaking or understanding unlearned languages so the uneducated carl siege he never went to school, so it was a surprise when he understood the questioning of, of the priest. And questioning is a very important part of the exorcism process. Well, you, um, you, you figure you want him to answer the questions. Well, you have to establish uh, how the demon got permission. You have to st- establish who the demon is. You got to ma- make sure that you know the possessed can understand you. But what do you mean by? What do you mean by permission? Like who would be like, hey, check it out. This demon's going to live inside me, make me throw up and do horrible things. Well, come on in. We'll get to that. You're the next contestant (laughs) on The Price is Right. No, Uh, we we will. We will get to that because it's surprising how you can become possessed. It's it's a lot easier than you you might think. You might say that like when people play with the Ouija board. That's how the demon gets into your house because you've sort of opened the door for it or whatever. Yeah, but that's not the only way. There's right. there's multiple ways. So Right, okay. so make sure you lock your doors or a demon's going to sneak in. Yeah. Like that. Yes, you got to lock your spiritual doors for sure. There we go. So, there we go. So, yeah. um the By wearing a chastity belt. <laughs> well, of course. I've got one on right now. 
So when Siege understood Latin and could respond to the mm-hmm. questions, you know, that was one That's of the signs. Amazing. Now, yeah. he wouldn't respond in Latin. I, I, I found a lot of newspaper articles that said that he spoke fluent Latin. He did not, according I, to Jeminer. That's straight, straight from Father Jeminer. Yes. Um, and we know that, we're butchering that the name. He, he, I'm sorry. Whatever so sorry for butchering the name. Whatever, he's dead. Um, <laughs> but he might still hear us. Have mercy. <laughs> he's going to haunt us now. Yes, that's right. Awesome. Or it'll be a demon pretending to be him. Oh, you're <laughs> oh man, I shouldn't have opened my <laughs> cool. spiritual doors. That's right. So, so, yeah, the fact that he could respond to questions, even though he responded to them, according to Jeminer, always in his native tongue, which was German. So he understood the questions in Latin, but um, Jeminer never witnessed him speaking in Latin. So it was. So if we were watching this in a movie, it'd be like the the Exorcist meets some kind of World War II movie. <laughs> That's you know? right. Because it's like one guy's talking in a horror movie, the other guy's talking in a World War II movie. Well, you know, the interesting, interesting thing is um, Jeminer said in his book that that's often the case where the uh, possessed will understand the questions in whatever language, okay. Greek or Latin, but will respond only in their native tongue because it's thought that the devil is using what you have in your brain already. So if you don't know that language, you know, it kind of, you don't have the organs to, to speak it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's what was his theory anyway. Uh, now, so the devil can hear, like the devil can hear, and he can, but he, he, he has he's res- working through you. So the devil just works with what he can work with. Yes. Okay, that's right. I like that. And uh, number I don't know three, if I like that, but I guess that's, I, it works for me. So number three is aversion to sacred objects. So aversion to anything sacred. So it could be religious objects, holy places, or blessed items. And so Carl, unlike other possessed persons, could actually hold a crucifix until he was completely overtaken by the demon during exorcism. So Carl wasn't scared, like a vampire is going to be scared by a crucifix, right? Right, but some possessed people are. They do have an aversion. Okay, well, like not, even, not the girl from The Exorcist. Right, but but even... Uh, remember that part. Yeah, <laughs> but other people that I've researched, yeah, they couldn't even like be in church because that would have adverse reaction. They would have an wow, adverse reaction to being in the extreme. church. So um, now number four was supernatural strength. Now I can't find any reference to that being reported by uh, witnesses to Carl's exorcism, but it, it does seem like something interesting was subduing the strength of the demon. So something else was present. Okay, so it was like Carl's demon brought friends? Well, no. It seemed like something else was there helping the exorcists. Because, um, so Carl would be holding this crucifix, right? And then they'd go into the prayers of exorcism. And then he'd be overtaken by the demon. And the demon's like, ah, I got this cross in my hand, this crucifix. And he'd try to throw it. And he, he wouldn't be able to. It would like stick to, he had his hand open trying to shake it off. It would stick to him like, like glue. Uh, okay, maybe that was Dr. Quinnen's work. <laughs> no, Dr. what I mean, Quinney. like, oh, Qu- Dr. Quinney, like, yeah. it's like, okay, there's the power of Jesus and like the uh, the Native American spirits show up and party with them too. Maybe, or it, it could be something like um, St. Michael. So St. Michael, uh, the archangel, is supposed to be uh, the angel that you can call upon during uh, exorcisms. And like during the uh, 1949 
case that inspired the exorcist book and movie. Mm -hmm. The priest reported hearing, and other witnesses as well, reported hearing the voice of St. Michael before the uh, exorcised uh, boy was released by the demon. Oh, that's interesting. Now, the thing about the angels, though, is that angels were never people, right? I don't think so. That's I mean, the whole idea. I'm no expert. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. But the idea is that angels are not, like, you don't die and become an angel. No. Like, angels were created by God separately. That's right. humans. And the devil was an angel. That's right. Michael. He's a fallen angel. Okay. All right. Just, just because I was like, because if you think of a saint, you think of someone who... Right. Was alive yeah, and, and did think, a whole bunch of saints. Yeah, they things. call him St. Michael the, the Archangel. Okay. And so the thing about him is he can be called on during exorcisms, and maybe that was happening in this case. Because like in the 1949 case, um, which is, there's a lot on that, but it's too much to go into today. But the significant part is that the priest and other witnesses reported hearing uh, the Archangel Michael addressing the demon directly okay what what did he say well get out essentially like, hey, <laughs> hey pal yeah you're not welcome here right like, so so you, might, you, you can should... you can get help from angels that they can come through and you know participate in the ritual so um what was happening here uh with carl is like the priest would command him because carl would like all of a sudden get up and they would they didn't have him like uh, tied up or anything mm -hmm. he he would be kneeling and then he'd all of a sudden get up and refuse to kneel and then the the priest would command him to kneel down and it was like something pushed him down oh wow and that happened repeatedly okay so let's go over the four signs of possession again so if you think yeah. you're possessed number one if you if you're psychic and you know the unknowable number two if they can speak a language that you don't understand or understand it yeah you've never you've never studied that language and okay. suddenly you can speak it Number three, if when you touch a crucifix, you burst into flames, <laughs> you might be possessed. Right. And number four, if you have supernatural strength. Right. And you don't have to have all of these, but you know, you at least have to have uh, like a couple of them. So before you tell me you think you're possessed, go over the four signs. You know, most, most have one and two and Probably three. And if you have supernatural so. strength, I want you to come over to my house because I have a whole bunch of furniture I could use. <laughs> you help can move help in. me move. Yes. And we need right. you at the next Sunspot show to help load in and load right. out. If we would love to take a possessed person on the road with us. Number one, oh my gosh, to, could to, you operate, to operate the merch. <laughs> Why don't you buy anything? Why aren't you buying things? <laughs> yeah, uh, demons are persistent. And they yeah. just, you know, they will not let you be. Put money in the guitar case. <laughs> money in the guitar case. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, if you have supernatural strength and you're very persistent, uh, we got a spot for you in the van. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. So there's a couple of things about this case that really just scared me. Really, I, I, it was different than what I thought about exorcisms. Okay, so what was, what's so special about Carl Siege and the, and the, and the so, demon? So, <laughs> well, firstly, you don't officially have to allow a demon to come in you don't have to say welcome demon you know i'm okay. looking i'm looking for uh i'm looking for a sublet you don't have to <laughs> right. you don't have looking to do that you don't have to advertise you don't have to um go to uh, some satanic ritual nope okay you don't have to do that at all because like you were saying wendy um according to the catholic church uh you can open yourself up to possession if you play the ouija board if you read your horoscope 
or if you record a paranormal podcast. Oh man! <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Or or if you invite ghosts to come at me, bro. <laughs> like Zach Baggins. Yeah. Come, no way. <laughs> let's see what you got, ghosty. Come at me. Come at me, bros. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, everything we do. <laughs> right. Okay, so but you, you can you can invite them in without even really knowing that you're inviting them in. Absolutely, right? Ooh, that's and then scary. and then sin can also invite them in, like you know, too much pizza, Uh-oh, gluttony, no, as you were saying, the seven um, deadly sins, which ever which everyone does, you know, everyone is has yeah. sin. I that mean, fried cheese, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, yep, the one that that uh, surprised me the most though was probably that you can be bewitched. Oh, but she was so cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember she wiggled not, her nose. Not in Carl's case. Wait, was that bewitched or was that I dream of Jeannie? That was, that was bewitched. bewitched, right? She wiggles the nose That's and right. then something happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I loved her. So, so the fact is that somebody can curse you to become possessed. That's not fair. Yes. Oh, man. So let's go back to that dog. That that dog. That duck with <laughs> with. That duck egg with a pinhole in it. Let's yeah. go back to that. Okay, you were asking about that before. Duck yeah. hole with pin egg. Yeah, yeah. So duck egg with a pinhole was a hex. Okay. That was uh, some cursed item that um, had been placed there to be found. Was it intended for the, the specific person, or just for anyone to find? I, th- I think that's it a was, good question. I think it was for the family because it was placed on their property. Ouch! All right. I think so it harsh. was placed by a neighbor because the demon possessing Carl revealed to Jeminer uh, the name of the old German woman in his village who had cursed him. Oh man! What was it, Helga? God, <laughs> I don't Helga's know. Like, always he, caused he, he, didn't reco- he didn't record that in the book, <laughs> but um, and then other local cases. I'm researching have the same element, the idea that the victims can be possessed through something physical. Okay, so you just touch something. Yeah. So like, so Carl's little sister. I mean, she got the worst of it. So right. Carl, it sucks to be possessed and everything. It sucks yeah. to have your arm shriveled up. But Carl's little sister died. And the dog had wow. to be shot. Right. And the and the dog had to be executed. Terrible. Yeah. Right. And um, so the idea that something physical, you could just touch something that that's cursed. Or um, eat food that somebody has hexed. Oh man! You know that has come up again and, and again in comes, the cases that I'm researching. It all comes full circle to gluttony. Right. right. And now we have to watch out every time we go to a party and we go back to the snack table. You gotta <laughs> right. wonder what. Because you in don't there. know is that food blessed? I right. don't think so. Is this gonna be the cursed checks mix? <laughs> oh no! Did some I, did someone make the sign of the cross over it? No. I thought it was spicy. <laughs> you thought? Yeah, it's it's full of uh, satanic herbs. <laughs> That's what it's full of. It's full of the devil. <laughs> they might be tasty, but yeah, it's trouble. Now, the other thing was uh, that I learned is that exorcisms aren't the one-shot deal that Hollywood makes them out to be. Well, I thought that Hollywood was always right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. Just like uh, Google. Yeah. Sad, yeah, sadly, no. Every time I look at Google, <clears throat> right, every time I look something up, I just believe the first thing I saw. Because on the internet, people wouldn't lie, right? No. Oh, yeah. Um, so once you're possessed by demons, they usually come back. And you have to be exercised repeatedly, uh, sometimes throughout your whole life, to receive any kind of peace. You only, like, uh. get some, like, temporary respite from possession. Oh, God. So, like, you... you it's re- it's like it goes into remission. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's a great way to put it. So did, did Carl Siege ever have to be um, 
exercised again? Well, you know, that was the thing. When Jeminer was writing about it, um, he said that, that he was exercised before. And Jeminer had to come in and exercise him again. And there's, there's even more reports um, that I found that suggest that he, he had to be exercised Multiple more times. Yeah, subsequently by others. Uh, oh, man. So Carl Siege never got... Did they ever get a name for the demon? Well, that I don't know. I'm still looking for that. Okay. If the name is Bob or something like that, that'd be great. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I gotta say, I, I was... I was, I was hoping for Beelzebub because in most oh. of the cases I'm researching, it's Beelzebub. Is that, is that <laughs> Just to let that out. I mean, that is a cool name. You, you got to give it to him on that one. But I was looking for like the trifecta. You know, I got, I got a couple of cases where it's Beelzebub and I'm like, okay, come on, Beelzebub. And I, I, I don't know yet. I'm always interested in the name ever since the Chicago Ghost Conference when the, the priest who did the exorcisms on those boys in Indiana... Right. The, yeah, he wouldn't oh, reveal yeah. the name. The, and he wouldn't reveal the name. And I even asked um, Darkness Dave from Darkness Radio when we were all drinking at that party the next day. I was like, come on, man. Like, you got to tell me the name. Because I don't buy it. You know, I don't believe it. Uh, to me, exorcism, like, I believe that there may be something spiritual to it. And there may, but I don't believe that there are demons hunting for us and their names and things like that. And, like, and that a name is that Well, powerful. let's hope not. But it's and scary I, when you find all so this just, stuff in history. You kind of wonder. So I'm always, I'm always interested, like you know, what the name is. Since then, because the guy said, "I won't reveal the name," and that to me is a very, uh, well, that's a primitive, not not primitive in a negative way, but it's a primitive human form of religion. The idea that if you have something's true name, you have the power over them. Right. That's Rumpelstiltskin, right? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, no, Rumpelstiltskin. Am I thinking? I'm thinking of Rapunzel. No, Rumpelstiltskin. He, like you had to guess the name, and if you get if she guessed his name, like he'd leave her alone, right? Oh, I think so. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that's Rumpelstiltskin. That's also uh, Mr. Mitzelplick from <laughs> Superman. Like the only way you could get rid of Mr. Mitzelplick is to make him say his name backwards. Oh, and, and that that played prominently in the TV show Angel, the Buffy. The Vampire Slayer. Oh, um, wow. Spinoff, yeah. They had something they had to get rid of and they had to know the name. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's, so, that's a, so I'm always interested in the names. So and I, I know I'm setting myself up here when I say I don't believe in demons, <laughs> but I just, I'm, I just, am, there's so many things to be afraid of in this world that I'm going to put a demon down on the list. Well, you know, I don't know. I've been, been watching a lot of uh, movies about, uh, possession like i watched the right which um figures into you know some of the research that i've done and uh well, i don't know I, I let's kinda, go into this because yeah in just a month or a little, like september 23rd right uh fox is going to reboot the exorcist as a tv show right whoa that's right with gina davis that's right so i'm awesome. gonna watch that for sure but um you know what i was saying is so I've been watching a lot of stuff and thinking about demons, and I've been wondering, <laughs> like as you do, like you do, uh, and I've been wondering if demons are really as bad as they're chalked up to be. And I mean, I know they're bad, and I should say that. Speaking of they're setting just, yourself you know up, what? right, just getting a bad rap. Uh, yeah. No, what I mean by that is perhaps they're in league with God. You know, you going mean, back to our Yazeti episode. What you mean by that is you want a demon to possess you. No. <laughs> Mike. Nope, I absolutely don't. Do you guys hear demon. that out there? Get, get, be, get behind me, demon. That's what you're supposed to say, according to Malachi Martin. Get behind me, demon. Get behind me, demon. Get behind me, devil. But I don't know. 
about you, but I'd like to keep the devil where I can see him. I don't right. want him sneaking up behind. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's part of a prayer. Get get behind me. So um, but uh, it's it's just uh, you know, this idea that uh, that demons maybe they're trying to bring you to God. Okay, let's go with that for a second. You know the. We talked about the Yazidi back in, uh, I don't know, a long time ago. I yes, don't know what episode it, that was. Over a year ago now, we talked about the, the Yazidi, and they're a group of people uh, in Iraq right. who uh, don't believe that the devil, they believe that the devil uh, got back together with God. Yeah, that the devil's reconciled, like they, and they call him the peacock angel. Yeah, and they broed out, and they figured it out, and, <laughs> right. uh, and now the devil and God. They hugged are, it out, yeah, that's right. The devil and God are cool again. Which I love, I love that idea. Of it does that ult- like. ultimate um, reconciliation. So why do you think? Henry Harmony. Yeah. So why do you think that demons might be working for JC? Well, you know, I hate to spoil the right. Well, I don't know if this spoils it, but it's you like know, a fifteen-year-old t- movie. And it wasn't it's even that good. It's 2011. Oh really? And it's yeah, it's pretty good. Oh. Um, well, I thought so, it was like ten years. Yeah, ago. I was surprised mm-hmm. at, at how good it was. But but anyway, so I I saw that, and you know, the the character, the principal character. In um, the movie, he's really struggling with his faith. And so the demon possessing his friend actually is what brings him to God. And because the demon or the devil or, you know, it happens to be a ball in this case. It's, it's not Beals above this time. Ball but with it, two A's. Yeah, that's right. Wow, you're good. So, I know my and, demon and name. And there's an apostrophe in there too, I think. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, the ball wants this character to believe in him. And, of course, when the character believes in him, he's going to believe in God too. Yeah, that's so what, that was that's the whole Chris, trick. That's what Christopher St. Booth said. He's like, well, if you're going to have the, because we were talking about exorcism, he's like, well, if you got to believe the devil, then you got to believe in God. Well, so that was the kind of the trick of it to me. It was like, like, Ball doesn't know that. You know, if he's, he's like so obsessed with um, getting the priest mm-hmm. to believe in him, this would be priest to believe in him, that, you know, the belief in God isn't going to come right after that. I mean, yeah, so right. to me, it's like, it's like maybe maybe the demons are trying to bring people to God. But in the process, somebody gets seriously hosed, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the person yeah. who's possessed. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of bad stuff. If you're the dude getting possessed, like, your life sucks. Right. right. Like, oh, okay. It's not a nice this way is... to get back to God, but it's a way. Yeah. I, he works in mysterious ways. That's right? right. And so some of the ways he works is making your life crappy. <laughs> well, like a Job. Right, Job. Or, or Lot. Yep. You know, he's turning people's wives into salt and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, if, if we're talking business, if we're talking about the Old Testament God, he, his ways are very mysterious. That's right. Because the Old that? Testament God hates you. What was that? That song? The ven- avenge- <laughs> vengeful and angry God. Yes, one one of my favorite <laughs> that, songs. <laughs> that's a beautiful one. <laughs> that's a, a Mike exclusive. So the Exorcist TV show, September twenty third. That's coming out, and um, we'll probably talk more about that when we get closer to the date. We'll probably cover the uh, original exorcism that it was that the exorcist book was right. based on. Right, and actually, actually there's two of them. So there's one that's well-known in um, 1949. That's the one but, in St. Louis, right? Yes, but there's another one that I'm researching because it has local connections. Come see me at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference to learn more. Right. So there's a second one that I don't know why more people don't know about it, but it's uh, from 1928. And a lot of the more dramatic stuff, like the levitations and the pea soup, um, 
come from that case. And that case is Wisconsin based. There are some Wisconsin connections, yes. There, there's oh, always a Wisconsin yeah. connection when it comes to the devil. Right. There, there's some good Wisconsin connections in All that right. case. Well, we'll have to that go. are going to be surprising, and a lot of cases uh, I learned about th- through researching that case. Okay. When we get close to the TV show, we'll talk about. It. Yeah. So um, you were talking before about you know how this all this stuff you know seems so primitive or seems old fashioned. Well, yeah. You know, and like the idea of exorcism, you know, even in old newspaper articles that I was reading about Carl Siege around the 1800s, people in the newspaper articles were saying that, you know, exorcism was old hat. Like, how can we still believe this kind of thing? Well, that's that's a really good question. Right. So today, what's going on with exorcisms? Oh, man, it's not over. Whoa. All right. I think exorcisms are the next big thing. Yeah. And it's been building. I think before the right came out, there there was a book uh called The Right, the the making of a modern exorcist in 2010. That's what the movie was based on, but I'm going to read that book because it's not exactly the same. Sure. But um there had been movements in the Catholic Church around that time to train more exorcists. And That's the, how the book came about. Because and we're talking about 2010. Right, we're 2010. Not about, we're not talking about the year 210. We're no, talking about the 2010. Year 2010. And that's how the author of the book and the the priest who um, the character is based on in the, the right movie met. They met at an exorcism class in Rome. So I thought oh. you had to go to Rome to learn that, but you don't. And <laughs> Wait, so what do you mean you don't have to go to Rome? Well, okay, so... Let me just go through this. So first, first I read this article um, about modern exorcists from 2014. It, it talked about like how exorc- how uh, possession is on the rise, and there there's this effort by the cho- uh, by the um, Catholic Church. Almost said chocolate church. <laughs> <And a> chocolate, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> chocolate church. I got, I got that gluttony thing going. I'd on. like it's to be dogging me. I'd like to be confirmed in the chocolate church. <laughs> me too. <laughs> anyway, so the Catholic Church. So this article, two, 2014, It's about the Catholic Church and their effort to uh, train fifty exorcists and possibly to get an exorcist for every diocese. And it was an article from an Iowa paper, but it talked about where this this Iowa priest was going to get trained. Well, have you been to Iowa lately? No. Yeah, it's the devil's everywhere. <laughs> oh. but, but anyway, where was he getting trained? Well, he was getting trained by the Milwaukee-based Pope Leo the Thirteenth Institute. There is a Milwaukee-based institute that trains exorcists that is Catholic-based. Well, how do we sign up? Well, you can't. Like, is there an, because, o- is there an online because, register or something? Because you have to be a priest. Okay, I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, okay, well, you're not going to get it in then. <laughs> so so here I thought you had to go all the way to Rome to become an exorcist, and then I find in my own hometown, there's there's an institute which trains priests to do that very thing. Now, the actual training takes place... Uh, an hour, about an hour away from Milwaukee now, in how do, Illinois. How do they do it though? Do, like, do they have to get a possessed person? Like, how do you bring in? You know, because oh, maybe an actor. Yeah, because because okay. you because you, okay. you would think there would or, have to be some on the job training. Yeah, but think about when you get trained to be like a Red Cross uh, first responder. You know, they don't have you do CPR on a real person. There's like a possessed dummy. 
Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying like they have ways of training people for situations without actually being in. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. So, I, you know, let, let's just say I'm shocked that, that you can get trained so close to home. Yeah. And so I visited this seminary where you can get trained to be an exorcist. It's called the University of St. Mary of the Lake. And it's also known as the Mundelein Sem- uh, Seminary. It's in Mundelein, Illinois. And I visited there this week where they just happened to have their annual exorcist conference. Oh, oh man. exciting. <laughs> that had to be the most spiritually safe place in the United States for the week. You know, can I you guess, imagine? Like yeah. the, the demons are I, like, I oh, went, man. I went right there. They're all in one place for the week. Like we let's this. They, they did it in August because that's when the demons are on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they like to... <laughs> They like to go get some, away just like we all do. They like to go someplace a little hotter. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was surprised that this conference was going on. I had intended to go to this seminar because they have um, they have some books that I can't get anywhere else. So I kind of staked out the parking lot. Like Spirits of Darkness. Did you find Spirits of Darkness there? Well, yes, but that is also at the St. Francis Seminary. Because okay. remember, it was written by a professor from St. Francis. But you can't, Francis you can't find like Spirits of Darkness on Amazon or anything like no. that. You have okay. to go to that's seminary the libraries. Thing, that's the one thing you cannot find on Amazon is Spirits of I was so surprised. They have this whole huge area in the library that has all kinds of books on parapsychology and every weird book that you can think of on demons and ghosts and stuff like that cool. at the, at the awesome. seminary library. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I staked out the parking lot just in case some of the exorcists would come out. Do they have like, <laughs> do, do exorcists have like badass bumper stickers? And no, we like did. That? We did. Like, I'll take on the devil. We, we did look for those. <laughs> we did look for those. Yeah, you can't scare me. <laughs> I'm an exorcist. <laughs> um, but we did see license plates from all over the country and in the parking lot that day. And he's you were like, really doing your due diligence with the detail, right. yeah, wasn't she? And, nice and so work. I was hanging out. None of them came out, though. But there was nothing on the license plates, like Devil Killer, like D-E-V-L-K-L-R, <laughs> no. or S-T-N-B-S-T-R, like sin- Satan Buster. Isn't that like the sin of pride? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right? They got to keep it on the down That's low. True. Um, anyway, so I went there, and of course, I'm sad to say that I didn't see any actual living exorcist. I just met with some dead ones there okay. were there were some uh, some literature written by some dead exorcists that i could only get there at um the mundelein uh okay seminary library uh so that's why i went but you know i went during the time that they had the conference just in case well that's exciting yeah i was really excited too because gary thomas who's the actual priest um who the the right the making of a modern exorcist was written about was the guest speaker Okay. At the conference. So like a celebrity exorcist. Right. And I was like specifically looking for him to take a selfie with him, you know. Like <laughs> I don't a rock know if star. He, he'd allow that, but he was <laughs> kind of the rock star of the conference, like the keynote speaker. Okay. Was Gary Thomas. That's, Father Gary Thomas. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And you guys would know all about these exorcist news stories that are all over the web right now. If yeah. you subscribe to the See You on the Other Side newsletter. Uh, Anybody that subscribes to that, we send out the best five paranormal stories every week. And there had to be, I'd say in the past couple months, maybe like six or seven possession stories. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. 
And you should check out the Milwaukee record because so what happened was I was so excited that I was going to go to this place that was having this exorcist conference. Right. So I just couldn't of, hold it in. Of course you would be excited. About yeah. That. And and so I was like, I got to tell T from the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. And he was like, can I write an article about it for a Milwaukee record? And I'm like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So um, we'll link to that article in the show notes because it, it tells al- more. It was already in last week's newsletter. Oh. Yeah. So the people listening. If okay. They're, the they're new, already yeah, got if it. If they're on the list, they would, we'll link to it. But the thing is, you could have already read it before you even knew about this. We do, you'd know exactly what we were talking about <laughs> if you subscribe to the See You on the Other Side newsletter. Right. So it's, just say yes. Because there's reading. There, there's required reading. <laughs> you can also find that link and links to other things we've talked about at othersidepodcast.com slash 105. Right. And um, I just want to encourage everybody to come to the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. If I'm, you're if you're in there, we're, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do a, we're I, gonna devote more time to there. Yeah, as, as I'm gonna be closer. I'm gonna be kicking it kicking it off um, with my uh, Milwaukee Fortiana too, mm-hmm. and you're gonna Yay. hear all about local exorcisms and other weirdness, of course. Well, Wendy Lynn and I are, are gonna be interviewing Katrina from Paranormal Lockdown. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. And we're also gonna be performing at the Ravens Ball on Saturday night. Right. So there's gonna be a lot of fun to be had at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. We want to see you guys out there, and um, but if you're not in the Milwaukee area, then we want you to visit us at othersidepodcast.com/slash105, where you can read more about this, see our pictures, and uh, just have more fun with us. So thank you for joining us today, Allison. Oh, thank you. It yeah, was thanks, my pleasure. Allison. Thanks for sharing all of your uh, findings. That's pretty exciting stuff. I hope I scared you. Yes, you, you did. did. You <laughs> be afraid. Be you. very afraid. Well, this is exciting that we had a, uh, an exorcism in Watertown in 1870 that most people don't know about. And it has all of the hallmarks of a classic exorcism. That's right. Where can people find you, Allison? You can find me at MilwaukeeGhosts.com. And make sure to put the S after ghost. MilwaukeeGhosts.com. Because if we've just had one ghost... We wouldn't have much to talk about. <laughs> It'd be a pretty boring place. I, I think this podcast proved we, we're chock full of weirdness in Milwaukee. One of the cornerstones of demonic possession is self-harm. There's even a case in the Bible where Jesus encounters a possessed man cutting himself with stones. This sunspot song, Mercy of Myth, is about all the ways that we punish ourselves because we feel guilty and bad about things, and about how punishing yourself needlessly isn't worth it. Because not only does it make you feel bad, it also opens you up to demonic possession. Here's Sunspot with Mercy of Myth. Even after 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Put money in the guitar case. Money in the guitar case. (laughs)